Okay. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, let's get into oh, it. Oh, you're good, you're good. That way we have some nice, uh, you know, background stuff um, to lead into. Um, and that and that's the thing that I don't think a lot of people realize. And, like, I've been wanting to do an episode just on, like, how an animation production works. Like, from start to finish, how long that takes. Because there's people that are like, oh, yeah, I mean, like, if they get greenlit for season, like, at the end of season two, they start working on season three. It's like, no, 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 no. When they, like, with the, when season two aired, they've already finished season five. Like, if, if right. they've gone that way. And, like, so, and, like, everyone who's like, yeah, I want all these things to happen. Like, oh, like, how come the writers don't ever listen to us? Or, oh, the writers listen to us. I'm like, no, they didn't. This is all done. <laughs> so so far in advance and like with animation they order like 120 episodes mm -hmm. 58 episodes you've never gotten always ever ordered 85 episodes of live action in the history of yeah. television right but with animation they do it all the time so and a large, a large part of what you're talking about right there the writers aren't listening because it, it just doesn't even it's just it's too late right yeah. it's just and, too and, late. and like and this is like and and they've created these five seasons three years before season one comes out basically like like it's a it's not a short process and that's one thing something that i don't think people know like the general public doesn't know how long things take to create because it's like yeah they've been working on this since like 2019 and it's gonna air in 2022 maybe like it's one of those like it takes a while like i did i did a thing for uh, a netflix show that I, I it was just a couple little reads, not anything ridiculous, but that's still not out yet because it was original animation. And I was like, yeah, no, this is going to be this is going to be a while. <laughs> so it's like when that comes out, who knows? But that was like one of my first trips to L.A. So that would have been like very early 2019. So like, yeah, I, I'm like, yeah, no, it's like. If it if it comes out by like 2025, I'll be like very shocked because I'm kind of like they'll they'll probably do that thing where they you know finish up like four like two or three seasons and then you know start releasing because then they have you know a little bit of a buffer. But I'm just like man, it'd be nice one day. One day I'll see my name. One day, one day, it. Exactly. It's like one day, my name will be there in lights. Not really lights, just scrolling really fast. <laughs> Uh, nice. Well, let's uh, we can dive into it. But um, I'm sorry that was your ride. Uh, what what a bummer. And uh, um, anyways, it happens. Um, you know what else happens? What's up, fandom? That's a terrible way to start that show. What's up, fandom? I'm Josh. Uh, and today, joining us again, we have Adam Lawson. He's back to spread the joy Hello. of comics. Hello. Sorry, was that my cue? I I was interrupting you. There was Sorry, no cues. Should I have said that? Okay, I'm here. I'm here. Apologize. There we go. No, you're good. You're good. Um, and Adam, yeah, we had you on for the eighth, and the Kickstarter went really well. Got everything done. Thank you. And we've all gotten our wonderful copies of the eighth. Your copy. Yay! Yeah, there we go. We all got yeah. our copies of the eighth. 
Um, and all of our clothes. I should have worn my shirt. I didn't even think about wearing my what? shirt. I, 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 I hung thought, up in there. I, thought, I didn't even think. Oh, I oh. thought you might not have liked it. So I'm like, Adam, don't ask that question. Oh, no, like I wasn't even, I wasn't even paying attention. Like there was, uh, <laughs> there was traffic. I got home. I literally was like, uh, I threw the first shirt on that was on my bed. And I was like, uh, and I came, ran in here and turned the computer on. And I didn't even think to, you know, I, I last night I went and I put this out on top of my, my desk. Cause I was like, Hey, you're going to be talking about the eighth put the comic on the desk and I should have yep. put the shirt like on the desk too. So I could pop that on, but yeah, I wasn't even paying any sort of attention. Um, but you, we're here to talk about your new comic. Uh, so right. um, we've got the whole, the, the universe now um, and it's kids and monsters. That's right. And that's one thing that I love is like the children monster thing. Cause I'm like, guys, that means I mean, if Adam's cool, he could win a Peabody if he kills a kid. I'm just saying. That's one thing that American animation and, and stuff like that, like our media, we don't like to do. Don't like to kill kids. They're precious little beans. Yep. I'm telling you, yes. man, if you if you want to win an Emmy, just kill a child. Kill a like, child and you'll get one. Exactly. Say, hey, it's like it's what? an automatic. You made, the, you made the risk. You took the risk you never should have taken and it paid off. Here you exactly. go. Yeah. I mean, think about it. If we, if we if we think of like we'll just think Gravity Falls. We'll just throw that out there. Gravity Falls. If they would have killed Mabel off at the beginning of season two, automatic. Like they would have won all the awards. Totally. They somehow totally. would have won a Grammy. I don't know how, but they would have won it. It would have been insane. <laughs> well, I, you know, we don't kill a kid at least in these first. 22 pages. There we go. Um, of the book. Um, you know, Kids and Monsters is a different kind of a tale. It, you know, like with most of my stories, they're centered around some heartfelt emotional struggle. Mm -hmm. And then with a with a background of some supernatural or fantastical setting. In this case, we have Gatsby and Mally. They're two kids whose parents' divorce is looming, uh, which means the death of their world as they know it. And they get pulled into this ancient war between beasts and monsters that reflects the war at home. Um, so I think when thinking about this, I felt, you know, two stories, two things I wanted was I had loved this idea of a child or in this case, you know, 12 to 16 year olds finding a, having their, opening their backpack and pulling a monster out of it. Right. You know, it, it's not ancient Arabia, so we can't rub a lamp, but maybe we could pull a monster out of a backpack instead of a genie out of a lamp. And it's like Pokemon, these, except, you know, they will kill you. But they will kill you. And so these, in our tale, the monsters are the good guys and the red beasts are our villains. And um, what's happened is, is the red, there are two worlds. There's the world that you and I know, and there is the world within. And the red beasts um, are trying to rip, are trying to rip the worlds apart. Ah, reflective of their parents whose relationship is being ripped apart along with their family. And um, they're breaking these rings. And once they've broken all six of these rings, the two worlds will split forever. And so the monsters have been set up as the protectorates of these of the, of the world within. And the, they are helping the kids you know, keep the two worlds together. And the red beasts are the enemies. And so I felt, you know, when thinking about, you know, what's a real childhood fear 
you know, outside of like kidnapping and getting killed, um, even though that would result in a Peabody. Um, <clears throat> but a real childhood fear that a lot of children in America, as in about half of the kids in America live with, is the, is the fear of divorce, right? And at a young age, your foundation being broken. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not saying that it's that those parents and people that are evil are bad, but that as a child, from their point of view, that their world's going to break in half. Right. And they're going to lose this foundation, their only foundation that they've had, you know, for life. And and for it to be broken apart and remade is frightening. Um, and so I wanted to take that feeling, right? Um, and and then echo that across this supernatural war in the most fun way possible. Um, and so we have Mally and Gatsby, and she's the older one and she's angry. And Gatsby is the quiet, reclusive one who's good with his Rubik's cube. And he starts to see these cracks that open up in the world, Josh. And these are essentially what's happening is the red beasts are splitting the world. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem that anybody else can see them but him. Um, but that's where the red beasts start crawling out of. And um, ultimately, Mally ends up being able to start to see them too. Um, he finds his monster. And then later, they journey into the world within for her to find her monster to help out. And there's nothing, you know, any story I think needs an element of romance. Um, and, and with this time, uh, you know, with the eight, right, we played with Emma and David, mm-hmm. whose romance was unrequited, right? And it took the whole journey for them to come together in a way you never quite imagined, right? Whereas in this tale, um, Mally gets a boyfriend, Jin Su, right at the beginning. Like, and he's got this witty, mysterious kid at school. And they both skateboard together and she's getting beaten up because her mom's up to no good. And the other kids in school know about it. And, and uh, she's getting in fights and he rescues her and he's the video gamer and a half keto kid. And, um, and what, and, and she's like, what are you trying to be my boyfriend? And then he says, yeah, let's do it. And so their relationship is instantly together, but then they have the struggles of what it's like to have a relationship going while dealing with breaking rules and fighting monsters and all the struggles of life. And I think I wanted for this relationship to focus on sort of the second half of, of the relationship story, right? In movies tend to either and TV tend to either, oh, we're getting together or it's about we're already together and now how do we make that special? last? Yeah. Yeah, make that, make that last, uh, make it work, make it have meaning. And so I wanted to tell that story with teens instead of the other way around. And, uh, and so that's that's our trifecta who's in there. And um, you know, our characters have different kinds of monsters because your monster is reflective of who you are, right? So Gatsby is he's got glasses, he's got a beanie, he's uh he thinks his math teacher is a cultist, and it turns out he's right. Um and he, you know, his um, they call them keeps in this world. Like they're the monsters keep or their castle, right? Though it appears like a backpack to us on the inside, it's their castle, if it's you will. It's bigger on the inside. It's bigger on the inside. In Dungeons and Dragons term, it's a sack of holding. There right? we go. Yeah. And so they, um, he finds this backpack and like his um, monster comes out and his name is Gren and he's this huge tall monster. It's kind of like almost like a woodland creature with these purple elements and he's an alchemist and right? he makes potions that do various things and each and like Mally when she, she has a lot of anger issues she's dealing with which is 
what it's like when your family's breaking apart. You have anger, you can't explain what to do with her, how it's come upon you, right? And so her monster she pulled out is like this ogre berserker with this spike ball, and she's this super wants to just smash everything. And then Jin Su's is like this cat-like martial artist, like stone statue that is that comes to life, and he controls it with remote control. And so, what's fun is these monsters are a reflection of, of aspects of the of the child themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And they are on this quest. And um, this is a multi-volume series. This first volume takes us into the world, gets people their monsters, and has a really nice arc. It's satisfying, but it's certainly the end. the 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 problem has not fully been solved, even though this piece of the journey is complete. Um, and I think, you know, um, Josh, you can tell me, you know, you, you're a comic book reader. And one thing I like How about- could you tell? You know, I, I had a hunch on it. I had a hunch. There you go. Smart. <laughs> Detective you know, over here. Yeah, you know, they, they did replace me. They did replace Batman with me for a while. Um, seeing as how everybody else has replaced him at one point, there was a time. Um, and so, um, and, you know, it's really cool because um, with this book, I drew my own panels um, in regards to um, layouts. Uh, I built it. I built the script through drawing. And now my drawing is not Maxi's, uh, right? If you uh, look at um, <clears throat> Maxi Dallow's awesome, um, um, awesome pages here, if you can see um, here. Um, oh, yeah, dope. There are these beautiful. Let me get just some for the top here. This is Maxi Dallo. Um, is the artist, Argentinian guy, amazing talent. And Mike Spicer is the colorist who did Beta Ray Bill, um, Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, Murder Falcons, and my favorite books. Um, it's a real pleasure to work with him. Uh, you can see he delivers far superior to my really bad stick figures. But it was, I really wanted to be as hands-on as I could be because I'm not necessarily an artist, but I then do the layouts and then I do the final lettering and do the gra- and do the uh, sound effects and all those aspects. And, and, uh, and so it helps you feel connected to your book in a way that you sometimes don't get to be with a movie, right? You get, you're really, really hands-on it. And, um, and so you see his, his art, I love it. It has kind of James Heron-like energy to it right? It's dynamic and the emotion is really strong in the character's faces. Um, and, the, and the action and the poses all are, are you know, it's slightly exaggerated. So it feels, um, it comes off the page. Mm-hmm. And so that's been, you know, and now Maxi is really the genius behind the don't mean by me drawing some layouts mean that I'm the genius here. I uh, just said it, it really is a nice way to help. I think as a writer on your book, you know, in Marvel, you write a script and you hand it off to an editor and then the book comes out on the shelf, right? In this case, in the indie world, it's, I think it's, you have a special opportunity to not do it that way, right? You have an opportunity where you draw your own layouts and, and not that the artist follows them exactly, you know, you're, you're just helping inspire how you saw the page come together with the pacing, et cetera. And then you get a letter your own piece. And, you know, and then I actually deliver, do all my pre-press and deliver it to the printers. And so you're also getting it all these steps along the way that allow you to finesse it and, 
all the way to the, the last second, right? Like I'll, when I'm lettering it, Josh, you'll kind of realize, wait, I don't need that line. I can dump it. Or, hey, there's way too much dialogue for these panels. Let me fix things or adjust things. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least for myself, I, I think it finds, it turns out to be, um, there's an intimacy with it. And so that's, um, so that's been the, the, the journey to make it this time versus with the eighth where, I would just send scripts to Joran, who did an amazing job. Um, so what kind of, like, I've, I've been meaning to ask, like, you're talking about, um, you know, like all these different themes, like especially like the theme of, you know, like divorce in here. Um, what like brought that, like what, what kind of brought the idea for Kids and Monsters up? Like how did you, you come up with that? Yeah, so I think um, for myself, I, I, I was with I was with my uh, nieces and nephews in um, in Colorado, and I and we were gonna play a game, and so I'll play storytelling games with them, which are like our Dungeons and Dragons super super light for a six year old and a nine year old, mm-hmm. right? And we make up real simple characters, and they just roll one die, and there's no no fancy powers, so to speak. And in this story, um, I said, you know, what are you guys scared of? Like, well, if we lost our parents. And, um, and so that's what sort of started this idea of it. And I had this thought when I was at their house looking at their backpacks, you know, and I was like, because one of them had a, like a teddy bear tucked into it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if they could reach into their backpack and get a monster out of it? So it kind of all came together over this holiday time. And I was playing the storytelling game. And as I was playing the storytelling game with them, it, it's what became uh, Kids and Monsters. Nice. That's that's really cool. Um, it, it's especially how you can kind of draw something just after, you know, basically playing, you know, many Dungeons and Dragons and you can come up with a, you know, idea to make a comic. And now you're, um, we're going to hopefully get to see the comic realized. So uh, I will say um, when, when you were talking about... Um, uh, whatever the red, uh, the what, what were they? The red ones? They're the red beasts. The red yeah. beasts. Um, I was like, is the main red beast? Is he gonna like look like their dad? Except you know, with like a mustache and like a safari outfit, um, kind of you know <laughs> Jumanji style, just to kind of like you know make it a little bit in that same type of vein. Uh, but then yeah, looking, I'm like, doesn't look like it. Doesn't look like it. Yeah, no, the beasts. Now they have a leader, right? So this person here. That we you can see here, this is Blake, and he's the, the algebra teacher that could be the cultist. Um, that is, he, I will um, say, that, he looks like he could be in the ninth. I'm just saying, like, if we have the eighth, yeah. like, if we decided to do a ninth, it feels like he could be in there. And yeah, he, he absolutely right. And he has those elements with this cool mask and a club, and um, he's leading the charge. He's actually the second in command. There is another mega boss that we meet near the end of the book. Um, and so not that it comes back around to being the dad, because it's not so much that the, the dad is the villain or that the mom is directly the villain, as is often the case in troubled marriages, right? Mm-hmm. But that they are doing things that inspire the demise of what they have. Okay. And, and so this, the monsters are a third party. But what the parents are doing reveals to these monsters, sorry, to the beasts, the location of these rings that they have to break. So, and so as a res- result, um, 
it's their choices going on in the family that sort of leads the beast to figure out how to break the world. Um, so it's not as like, you know, it turns out, ha, ah, their dad's the villain, or it looks just like the dad, because they're not, you know, the parents aren't necessarily villains in this tale. They've just maybe succumbed to weaknesses that before they knew it has taken their family apart. Gotcha. Can you tell us a little bit about um, the Kickstarter? Because I know you said um, multiple volumes. So we're looking at volume one here. Um, how many volumes are you envisioning for uh, this series? So this first arc is two. So there'll be two 72 page um, books and they're gonna be hardcover as well, but they're gonna be A4 sized, which for anyone who doesn't know what that is, that's an oversized, that's 8.3 inches uh, by 11.7. So it's like a European comic book, it's bigger, um, which I really love. Because it's gonna it, look it, like, hold on just one second. Do it. Gonna look like this Valerian one where it's a little bit bigger than your normal. I know that nice. it doesn't fit as well. <laughs> That's right. You get it. It's it's the European size. And I love what this is, right? And but there's something that happens when you look at a page and it's oversized, right? It it's more immersive, right? Small panels become bigger, everything just becomes, you know, slightly bigger, right? Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, I think it's in some ways can be more can be more immersive and i think it's something fun to try great and it doesn't fit as well i know that's always the thing about it it doesn't fit as well um but like it's also like lock and key when they did their master edition yeah they had those or, special ones yeah they do an oversized experience so that's so that's what i did. i felt like that you know i always want to do something that makes getting in this case it's indiegogo um no not kickstarter but um but make it doing a crowdfunding campaign and people crowdfunding it that they get something special that you can't get it at the comic shop, right? That it has, a, there's a, and it's something unique about it. And if people um, have signed up for the pre-launch list, they can also, they're going to get an ash can about a monster named Nail. It's a 16 page story that sets up something else in the, the universe of uh, kids and monsters. And so there's something special that you can do in this, in this world with, with crowdfunding and, uh, you know, it's interesting because I, you know, people often call him a Kickstarter because it's just been such the name. Um, but Indiegogo um, was our, where I really started. Uh, I, I was directing Will Wheaton's Tabletop. I don't know if you're familiar with this show. It's a celebrity board gaming show. I did four seasons that I produced and, and directed. And season three, Google quit financing it. And so we crowdfunded it. And, and we went to both Kickstarter and Indiegogo. And Indiegogo offered us a really amazing deal. They gave us a better percentage of the money and they helped us out in a lot of ways. And so I kind of had like this, always had this place in my heart because I'm like, Hey, those guys really helped. Those guys really stood up for us and really um, made that become as successful and as wonderful as it was. And so I kind of, I always, I still do my board games on Kickstarter because that's really where that crowd base is. But I've always kind of like, Hey, I got to do something over here because these guys are great. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I definitely get that. Cause I mean, yeah, especially yeah. Kickstarter is definitely more for the, you know, the big physical stuff where I feel like you're right. Like Indiegogo was more for like the media aspect. And like, if you sure. want to back like a documentary or something like that, you go to Indiegogo sure. and usually not Kickstarter. If you want a standing desk, you don't go to either one because you find out it was a scam and you wasted $300. And you find <laughs> out after the 90 day visa window and you're not able to get your money back, 
hey guys how's it going uh <laughs> and kickstarter <laughs> won't do anything uh but no yeah I, I feel like you know media stuff definitely for um because yeah I, I i that's where i backed the um like defunct land did a whole thing about the that star wars band that played at disneyland back in like the like the mid 80s um and so like cool. I, I i backed it there um i backed uh um the both of the star trek documentaries like that ds9 documentary yep. and now the voyager documentary uh that's where i backed the eighth was on indiegogo so i'm like there we go we'll just do everything on indiegogo if i want like that's where it's like if i want comics or media or stuff like that it's like yeah it's indiegogo for that for sure yeah it's a really amazing platform and from a user standpoint it's really nice because um you know Kickstarter, I did Escape the Night on it, and I, you know, my board game for that, and as well as Asunder. Uh, but one thing that it does is that Indiegogo collects all the data right up front from people, and it collects the money when they back. Whereas mm -hmm. Kickstarter doesn't get any information from you until the campaign closes, and then it charges everybody's cards all at once, and then you have to send surveys to get their information. So what happens is this great moment of depression when about when a bunch of cards get declined. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when your Kickstarter goes through and you just and you kind of cry, um, and you know, silently because you're happy you got there, but you cry and then you have to do this survey process. Um, whereas with Indiegogo, you can you can circumvent that. So it's kind of a nice thing from just like a back end side. I mean, and then as far as management goes, but um, so so that's you know so that's it's going to be once again a, hopefully a special book that sits on your shelf um and well, here's the thing i've got the ikea cubes yeah. now for the comics oh. so they fit like that was my thing it was like i have like um like 10 volumes of the like oversized omnibuses for invincible so it was like i've got those and they don't fit in hardly anything but they happen to fit in the ikea bookshelf and i'm like perfect so yeah that's why like like this uh yeah this guy valerian fits snug as a bug in there and i'm like yes so like, yeah, that's perfect. So I am all for like, now that I have them or have room, I am all for the oversized stuff. So yeah, I'm, I'm right there for it. Yeah. And, and then, and so, and then with this campaign, so we're going to offer three pretty cool um, things. Um, so first of all, the, um, you know, with the, the campaign, you can get the color version of the book as you can see the pages here, right? You've been seeing all the cool color pages, but then also you know, there is, I love line art versions of books. Mm -hmm. um, I, in fact, I usually get, I usually get that one if they have that option. And so you can see, you know, Maxie's amazing lines here. He works traditionally, uh, which is always really bold because you don't have undo, right? As an artist, you're in it, you know, using real pencils and inks. And so they're beautiful pages and for some people, in fact, I've been showing some early stuff. People have been like, "Oh, I hope you're in a line art version. I'd rather take that." Um, I think that's more for the aficionados. But um, there'll be a line art version of the book. There'll be a cool ash can uh, um, um, called for about a story about Nail and Goo, which is this cool monster and his this Korean girl named Goo. Um, and so there will be Nail and Goo, and then there also is going to be this cool thing. And it's amazing. While we were on this, the images just came in. So there will be this rad item. Um, there's going to be a one-of-a-kind sculpt. This is a hand-painted um, sculpt done of Mally, and that's her monster crawling out of her backpack. Um, so this will be a high-end item that will be there with some special, unique thing. 
Um, and I hope uh, somebody says, yeah, give me that because it's like, it's a one-off printing um, built, you know, digitally sculpted and then hand painted. Um, and so it's really, a, and, and there isn't a mass production of it. Um, so it's a truly one of a kind, uh, uh, one of a kind experience. And then there's also, because I know you didn't wear your t-shirt, but now I feel so bad. There's but, a new one now. Now, now I don't know what I'm going to wear. Next time you do one, I'm going to have to choose which one to wear. And knowing me, I'll forget and wear the same I shirt. I would hope. <laughs> but I would hope. And then we have this other rad T-shirt, which I love. It has Gatsby. You know, I loved this feeling that Maxi created with the big eye looking over his shoulder as the monster is coming out of his backpack as he's mm. heading off into the world within. So, uh, so that's that's what Kids and Monsters is is going to offer or or does offer as the date of this airing, and um, I think that backing an indie book is has two values. One is you get a story you can't get with Marvel and DC. Not that Marvel and DC do is bad, but it's a special something. It's unique, um, and you get a little bit of info and experience along the creation of it, and you get to be a part of something. Um, and I hope this is a story, kids and monsters, about kids trying to survive their parents' looming divorce and that they use monsters to help them get through it is interesting and exciting to you. Um, I know it sits in my heart and I feel like we've poured Maxi and Mike Spicer, my colorist, you know, we've just poured our hearts into making it as epic as we can. I mean, and yeah, if it's anything like uh, the eighth, then I am I'm there. Like I'm I'm here for it. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm ready. And yeah, we're going to put all the, like all the links to the Indiegogo. They're in our show notes down below. So you can click on that, go donate. It is, it is live now. So you can definitely go check that out. Um, and kind of what you said about, um, you know, I mean, again, big comic fan, again, don't know if you can tell, but I love, yeah, I, like, I love the DC <laughs> stuff, the Marvel stuff. They're pretty good. Um, but that is definitely one thing that, indie comics have over like i almost want to say big box companies almost like sure. i mean because like yeah. like with the, those two um because like you can do so much more like you can tell different stories whereas you're kind of stuck in the confines of one particular like you can't go and have dr strange go up and blow up stark tower like that's not gonna happen you could do that in here like you could literally yeah. have something like that happen in an indie comic um, maybe not with Dr. Strange and, you know, Stark Tower, you'd get sued, but I mean, just, you know, something similar, yeah. like you can do different things. You, you're not really held, like no one's holding your hand. You don't have to report to anybody. You are the person. And that's why I'm, I'm really into, especially the indie comics right now, just cause like you can do so much stuff. Like you can tell way better yeah. stories. It seems like it's just, it's, it feels, it feels better and more alive and it doesn't feel like stagnant kind of the way that some comics uh, feel now, especially when you but, have to reboot your comics, you know, seven times in the last like 10 years um, to, you know, try and true. stay fresh. Um, so, That's what yeah. I agree with. And I think that, you know, I had this moment, I was doing the music video for Snakes on a Plane and Sam Jackson came to set and he was reading um, 100 Bullets by Brian Azzarello. Mm -hmm. And this was in my late twenties. Um, and I remember looking at that and I'm like, well, if it's cool enough for him, it's gotta definitely be okay for me. Right. 
because he's the you know Sam Jackson I think is kind of like the penultimate cool right like the, I don't know how you get cooler and so I said you know I'm gonna gotta read that graphic novel so I went at the comic book shop the next day and I bought 100 bullets and it, and I was like wow there's this whole other world of non superhero non you know DC Marvel universes that's out there to explore and they're full of all these rich interesting characters. And I agree with you that aren't rebooting the same thing several times. So I think I've invested a lot of my life into Batman and a lot of my life into Spider-Man. And I think I've maybe invested as much as I need to because there's all these other fun things out there that you can explore too. Like mm -hmm. I was just reading Chainsaw Man, a manga. I don't know if you uh, know, know it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, you know, but it, it was like an eight volume set and then it's done, right? And then, oh, and wait, 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 wait. Chainsaw it. Man. Uh... I think so. I think I've heard of it. I the kid I, merges I, I, with the demon and he pulls yeah, the ripcord yeah, yeah, on his okay, chest yeah, yes, and he yes, gets yes, chainsaws. Yes. And <clears throat> it's a wild tale, but it's this really wild tale that is is it its its own experience, and then it's ended and it's done, and and now there's something else, right? And I think there's a lot to be said for that reality that it can you can have this experience, and then you you move on to another one. Mm -hmm. um, and so. Um, and not, and not saying that the people who work for Marvel DC aren't trying really hard. That's not, you know, that's not that. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. That, 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 we would never say that here. Like, maybe, yeah. maybe Marvel. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Sometimes um, Marvel, uh, like, what are they doing? Yeah, yeah, except those Marvel guys. The Disney, what are they? No. Um, uh, no, yeah, like, that's yeah. definitely, we would never say that. Like, we love the entertainment industry, all forms of it. So totally. it's like, we would never rag on anybody. Like, the executives. Oh. The executives we can rag on. You can always, you can always hate yeah. the suits. There you go. Part of the job, oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it, it's not that. Once again, I don't think it's like there's not a, a wrong thing with it. It's just that there is another world that can be explored, and and so that's why I kind of invite people to say, hey, just take something just to the left and see what there is to find. You know, mm -hmm. you remember back in the day when we were younger, there's this idea of you could find the band that was new, but now you can't because it's all on Spotify. But the idea that you could find something that was fresh. Um, and you could be one of the first few people to get to it. Yep. Um, that's exciting, I think. And then, and you never know when something like that is going to take off. Like, well, right. like, I mean, we'll just throw like the boys out there, like the boys are invincible, um, stuff like that. Uh, even, uh, what's the other one, um, that's on Netflix that everybody loves that I love umbrella Academy. We'll just like yeah, stuff like I that, that yeah. it's like. That's not a DC. That's not a Marvel. I mean, you know, we got the image and stuff like that. But still, like, it's not like those are, that's not a Batman. That's not a Spider Man or, a, or an Avengers. And just got to get that group. So maybe one day we'll get to see the Kids and Monsters show. I would love to see a Kids and Monsters show because I am all for, you know, animation, especially I would assume you would do 2D animation. And not that weird 3D CG stuff that's going on. Yeah, I feel like in my heart, you know, like if I were to compare Studio Ghibli to Pixar, right? Like, I, I think that what I enjoy personally is Ghibli more. But I think it, it, it speaks to me more on an emotional and a storytelling standpoint. And granted, what Pixar is doing at that level is really, really exciting. Uh, though Luca was a dud. Uh, it was just not. That was a, that if you like we I think we were the only like podcast that I know of that like was like yeah Luca was it was a film it good. came out and that was that was it like 
Like I and couldn't, re- I, I can't remember. Right. I can't remember any of their names. There was Luca and Luca, and that's yeah, it. What, what's the I best? Mean, what, what's the friend's name? Bruno? I, Is I, it Bruno? I, it could be. Yep, they're Italian. Sounds something. Could be, yeah. I know how how disappointing was that film? Yeah, I mean, you're talking about. I think about like Soul, which is one that I really loved. My wife and I, we love that one. How much, how much heart there was and how interesting it was. And like the whole idea of souls for they're coming to earth, learning their skills and like how brilliant. And then you just have make this animated story with literally no conflict. There's, I mean, just like, and I wonder what it's like to be a real boy. Oh, I went up to the surface and now I am. I, I mean, it was just like, like if only it was that easy for Pinocchio. Like Pinocchio had like a whole thing that he had to go through, and Luca's just like, "All right, I'm here. Right? Welcome. I'm here. Welcome." It was just like, wait a minute. Like Ariel had to make that deal with Ursula, and like there's this whole, there's all this ticking clock and a villain. It's like you just removed that whole segment from a movie, mm-hmm. and it was like, I mean, my wife and I was like, for the first while, we're like. We were just so confused because we're such Pixar fans. We were just like, I'm just, we're just pretending we never saw it. It was just that's the smart thing to do. That's yeah, the just, smart thing to do. That's not a Pixar movie. That was somebody <laughs> else who hijacked it. We but, don't talk about I, that I, film. No, uh, but I, I like that to be look now that I still really love uh, what happens in 3D as well. I think there's some really amazing stuff. I love Death and Robots, it's done such tremendous mm-hmm. oh, work. God, I, I love Gosh, I love, 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 love Death and Robots. But what I think I find interesting, I feel like right there is this line in 3D animation where unfortunately it's that uncanny valley where you get lost in in a really messy way. And because Pixar does caricatures and they go so far down the line because of their budgets and the expertise they bring that you come out on the other side and it's magic. But I think lots of maybe things that don't have those kind of resources get kind of lost somewhere in the middle of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you end up with, you know, you end up with animation that's like you you didn't get ahead. You kind of went backwards. Yeah, it's like you, you you thought you were tipping, you know, uh, two steps forward. You're taking two steps back. You're Paula Abdulling this. So <laughs> exactly it's like right. a weird it's like a weird thing. Um, well, Adam, dude, thank you so much for coming on again. Uh, the Indiegogo for kids and monsters is out now. You can definitely go check that up. You've got 30 days, 31 days. How does, or is it 45? Yeah, so it's going to be, it's going to go for, it's going to run for 30 days, 30. starting October 12th and runs for 30 days. And if things are rocking, you know, we can extend it. Um, so please help us make that a reality. Um, take the ride. It's 25 bucks to get in. You get the hardcover book. Um, and, and that's and, it. And, sorry, and guys, real quick, if it's anything like, is it going to be like the eighth, same type of hardcover? Yeah, it's going to be a beautiful hardcover. Okay. Book. It's not guys, as many pages as that. That's a, I, I'm, I'm just guys like for hardcover, like you first you're getting the book, which is a fantastic hardcover book. Plus more than like, are, are they going to get a cool little like book sleeve too? It's not going to be a slipcase, but instead of it being well, 55 never bucks, mind what I it's said. only 25. So, because uh, with we went all in on making it this real, you know, that slipcase presentation because slipcase almost doubled the printing price, if you can imagine. Um, and so, but with this one, I wanted to make it more reasonably priced for people to get in. And so, uh, but it will be a beautiful hardcover experience. Um, so, please. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you said 25. That's about, yeah, this is 30. 
So it's like, that's, you know, that's about what you would pay at a comic book store anyway. So right. there you go. Just get it now and get your, get all of the cool stuff too. I mean, get the, get the, get the ash can. You want that. Some cool, there's going to be some cool stretch goals, which we'll hopefully reveal along the way. Mm-hmm. And so, and you can join. get a cool shirt. And then when you talk to Adam, maybe wear it. You never know. <laughs> uh, Adam, where can everybody find you uh, social media wise? You can find me at gifted rebels um, or at gifted rebels co um, between the Twitter and um, Instagram. Um, but uh, so yeah, so Instagram and, and Facebook gifted rebels co and then, and then Twitter is just gifted rebels. Um, that's a, my little publishing arm. It started out as failed superheroes club, but then um, I remember we the failed tra- superheroes we, club we, back we in went, the day. We went through trademarking and then there's just such tight ownership over the word superhero by DC and Marvel. It's kind of messy. But our lawyers were like, you should probably avoid it. And then Gifted Rebels is what it became. And now we kind of like it better. There you go. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and again, we'll put all that in the in the show notes along with the link to the Indiegogo. Okay. Check that out. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at What's Up Fandom on Twitter at What's Up Fandom PC for podcast. All of our episodes available wherever you can download the podcast. So iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, Spotify, all those places. Check out the video content on YouTube. Uh, we do stream every now and then. We need to actually start doing that more. Um, check this out on Twitch. That's at What's Up Fandom. Um, and everything is also on our website, animationstationpodcast.com. Uh, thanks to 1 out of 10 for the intro and outro for this episode. They are touring. So if you are in that Southern California, like Glendale area, check them out. They are touring. I think they were just in... Were they in San Diego? It was San something, which in California, there's a lot of that. So uh, like it was it was a San. I it may have been Santa Ana. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but they were there. Like they are touring. So you can check them out live if you can. Um and yeah, Adam, again, thank you so much for coming on, man. Oh, thank you, thank you. No, it's so great to have me on and thought about me and hopefully we can get you back out here and we can get animation. Going back, going back your way. One day, one day it'll happen. Yeah. All right. Uh, so for what's up, fandom? I'm Josh. I'm Adam. Bye, everybody. All right. Uh, oh, Adam, I forgot to say, congrats, by the way. I saw you had baby. Congrats on baby. Son. Yes, he is the best. Oliver Noah Lawson is his name, and I just love him to death. He's two months old. So, uh, congrats. Uh, yeah, do, you happen, do you happen to watch Shang-Chi yet? No. But see, the oh. thing is, I did, a com- I did a commercial for Microsoft with Simu, right? Mm-hmm. He's a lovely guy, as I've been dying to see it. But unfortunately, it came out as we had a baby. Uh, yeah, so, that kind of. And a brand new infant. And like, we don't have quite a babysitter set up just yet. And so, like, that, I have been dying to see it. How yeah. is I mean, it? you just get the, I mean, you have like what? Like the rest of what? The rest of this month, and then it's on Disney Plus. So I don't think you have okay. to wait a super long time. I think they only have like a. Like how many? I, I only think, I think they only have like a 45 day window or something like that. So, I mean, you'll be able to watch on Disney Plus. It's no problem. Okay. Well, then I am definitely watching. No, I can see it's like a kung fu martial art movie, kung fu superhero movie. I'm all about that. Yeah. Cause like, and dude, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. Like, I, I'm not, I don't care for the Marvel films. Like, that's, 
I, I'm, I was not a phase, whatever the heck they were on. Um, like I liked the, I like the Iron Man movies and I like the first guardian movie. And that's about the crux of what I enjoyed. Sure. Um, mm. and the Spider-Man stuff, but that was Fox at the time and now yeah. it's not, and, and whatever Deadpool is. Um, but yeah, like I, I, so like, I didn't really care, but like I had heard so much stuff and we were at Dallas, uh, in Dallas last weekend for a comic convention for Fan Expo Dallas, which sucks because Brian was actually supposed to be there and I had my stuff ready for him to sign. And then he backed out like like the week before and I was like, oh, oh man, like all my stuff. Like I had like I had like a stack. I was like, I had a bunch of like regular issues. It's like these are going to go on the wall. It's going to be awesome. Amazing, right? I was like, just, yeah, because like all of these are like, well, not all like. 75% of them are all like autographs. Like that's why like they're on oh. the they're on the wall. Um, but yeah, I was like, ah. Um, so like my friend, he was like, Hey, the con like we're done with the con for the day. Do you want to go see Shang Chi? Because there's an Alamo draft house literally five minutes from our Which hotel. It's the best. It's phenomenal. So I was like, you know what? We're here. I'm on vacation. I hear good things about it. We'll go watch it. It was basically not a Marvel film, and I absolutely loved it it didn't feel like a marvel film um there's like a throwaway line where they were like how can you uh be happier or be you know um so carefree when half of the world can disappear at any second and i was like a throwaway line that's not needed in the movie um and i'm like you don't have to connect it to the previous films like that like if you're no, watching this marvel movie you can just be like yeah, snap happened. We all got it. We know. Even if we didn't we watch it. those movies, we know the snap happened. We're here. I know the snap. I know the snap. I I'm I'm I agree with you. I'm I've reached a heavy level of exhaustion also too between like Winter Soldier and Loki. I'm just like I'm like oh, bro. I can't, I can't keep doing this. And like Black Widow. I'm like guys, you killed her off like three movies ago. Yep. I mean, what is this? I mean. Who's making these decisions? She's already like dead a few movies back. I know, now, like, going back that, in time. I'm like, this is. I, I'm not going to that. Dude. It I'm was not. bizarre. I was like, why would you make a Black Widow film? I mean, or I mean, I, I'm like, why? What? What's the point of it? You killed her in the last one, but I guess they're they used the Scarlett Johansson movie to set up parts of the Hawkeye series. I guess. I guess her sister is going to be a bad girl and try and take her revenge on Hawkeye because I guess Hawkeye didn't kill himself. I guess, I guess is the reasoning. I don't know, man. I'm just like, I don't know. I, I, I don't I, I, I'm just saying, I'm not doing it. I'm, I'm yeah. going to have to put my foot down here. I just can't. I can't do it. The same thing happened with the Loki. I mean, the Winter Soldier started to just like, just like, and then Loki, I was just like, guys, I, the time stoppers. Yeah, just, yeah. Mm -hmm. forget me in every single series there's a new group there's shield there's the time stoppers there's the villains in the other one there can't always just be a group that is like this villain yeah and they i mean it's like it, it, it just it was too far for me i'm just like i gotta take a break I yeah and that, if it would have been the same villain like okay that makes a little bit more sense because then you're fighting you know a different thing you know, you're fighting the same enemy but like all these like all these different enemies and nobody is like coordinating with each other and you're like well, what's what's the point i don't know it's it's bizarre and that's the thing that sucks too because i mean like 
I loved uh, Shang-Chi so much that I'm like, or Shang-Chi so much that I'm like, you know what? I would love to see more of these films, but then Marvel goes and releases their like slate of movies and I'm not going to get one till at least 2024. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to care by then. Like for all I know, we'll all be dead by 2024. Like, I it's it's just sad. I'm like, oh, Marvel finally did something that I enjoy, and then I'll never see it again. And I'm like, eh. I mean, I I get why they. I mean, and the whole thing with like them being like, uh, or like the the scuttlebutt of they're gonna release this, and then if it doesn't perform as well, they can push Spider Man, you know, a little bit to where Spider Man's in theaters more, so that Shang Chi makes a little bit more money. And then Spider Command comes back, you know, comes out in 2022. That whole like rumor mill that was going on, and now they're like, now we can't do that because Shang Chi made so much money. So I'm like, good, then do that. Don't give me Eternals because I don't care because it's basically Superman. Like that's all that like I that's mean, all that, that Rob Stark some... was. He was just Superman, and I'm like with golden eyes instead of red ones. And I was like, I don't care about this. I know, right? I mean, that was just, like the Eternals. I'm like, guys, really? Now we're kicking out a whole new universe. Yeah, you have to say, I, I got you. Yeah, I can't. I got to take a break here. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah. Well, well thanks for having me on. I oh, no really, problem. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I, I, oh, I, I forgot to stop recording. That oops.